to the honor and glory of God, who by the word and through the spirit creates, redeems, and sanctifies us all. Amen. It is so good to be with you today. It is so good to enter this holy week in this place. This place that is new to me, that is exciting, and that is filled with evidence of God's working in the world. I am so thrilled, honored, humbled to be here today. Part of the reason that I am here today is due to a priest named Bob McGee, who served as the chaplain of Wake Forest University and Salem's Women's College and Winston-Salem State University. Bob, in his goofy, low-key, mellow way, had the amazing capacity to attract students to the Episcopal Student Fellowship, sometimes making balloon animals, sometimes wearing a clown's nose, always with the lure of pizza. He managed to bring me, me who had about given up on church, though not on God, Me, who had decided that there was really no place for me in church, he brought me in. He reminded me that the church is not God, but that from time to time, Jesus shows up, even in church. And he was really good at it because nine years later, when my sister was at Salem College, she was also lured into the Episcopal Church by Father Bob. I remember the day after I was ordained to the priesthood, I got a call from Bob, and he said, I want you to be sure and go to the chrism mass and the renewal of vows. I want you to promise me that you will go every year. And I said, every year? And he said, yes, every year. And I said, why? And he said, well... It's good to go and remind yourself what it is you're actually called to do in the church. It's good to go and be reminded of the vows that you made. And, he said, it's also good to go and be reminded that there is a savior of the world and it is not you. And so I have, every year, come to the place with my colleagues in ministry to remind myself what it is that I do. And as I I do this ritual and make it, I realize how foolish I was. How foolish I was when I made those first vows of my ordination to the diaconate and the priesthood. And it never became so obvious to me how foolish I was until one day when my oldest child had turned 14. And my child, who had been a very articulate boy all his life, was reduced to grunts and eye rolling. (laughs) 
that I revisited that part in my ordination vows about patterning myself and my family and my household and realized that as a parent, I had resorted to threats and bribes to get my children to go to church. And I am not ashamed. It still works. But I think it is very important for us to remind ourselves in the words of the Apostle Paul that that we are called to something that the world finds absolutely foolish. This gospel we proclaim, this, this life that we try to pattern ourselves after, this following of Jesus that we do, this road we walk even this week, even to the cross and the tomb, is foolishness. And indeed, it is the best kind of foolishness. And we who have been called to lead this church, this Episcopal church, we have to remind ourselves that that we are called to be willing fools. To be willing fools to proclaim love in a world full of contempt and derision to proclaim unity in a God, in a world that largely has forgotten the gospel message. That we are called to proclaim life when everybody around us brings their statistics to tell us that we are dying, and yet we live. Paul reminds us, That God has made the wisdom of the world foolishness. And that God's foolishness is wiser than that of the world. And God's foolishness is wiser than our own wisdom. You see, all too often, we as clergy, and I was guilty of this myself, believe that we are the key. We are the answer. In fact, we start thinking that we might be the one to save things, which is good to remind ourselves that we are not the Messiah. We are the willing servants. We are those who are not ashamed of the gospel that we proclaim. We are those who are called to remind those in our congregations and those in our world and those who do not even know Jesus That the power of love in this world is more powerful than hate and division and death. That is our proclamation. And even as we walk this holy week, those of us who are stressed out by all of the things that make holy week happen, and those of us who have the unfortunate uh, circumstance of having people who have the audacity to die before Easter... we can become consumed with the busyness and forget that we too are called to walk this walk, that we too are called to live in their moments, that this week isn't just about what happens at the end of the story. We know what happens at the end of the story, but this week invites us to live in those moments, those moments where we experience the absence of God, 
Those moments where we find ourselves uncertain about what's next. Those moments in which we find our wisdom is failing. To walk those places and remind ourselves that in those moments of uncertainty and fear, of disappointment and despair, there lives the holy also. Because God is in those moments with us and God walks with us. And Jesus has modeled what it is like to be in those places. And because we know the end of the story, we have the courage to remind ourselves and one another that there is life. In the face of death, we preach life. In the face of darkness, we preach light. In the face of despair, we preach hope because that is real. And not only are we called to proclaim that, we are called to live it in our lives, to proclaim it to a broken world, to stand fast in the face of all that comes at us and proclaim Christ crucified and buried And at the end of the day, the three days, raised from the dead. We are called to be willing fools. Willing fools for the gospel of Christ. Let us go forth boldly. Joyfully. Holding one another as we are. Praying for one another. Reminding one another that we are servants, not the Messiah. And let our boast always, always, always be in our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.